Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just... Shut up and sit down. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff plus Alex. We did it! We did it! Hey! Alex did not uh, speak over the intro for Alex. Addendum. So, way to go, Alex. Good job. Yay! Showing improvement. It is improvement. This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Today is Monday. August, August, August 1. I'm excited. Do you know what August means? Football. Yeah. It means football. We're getting close, fellas. I mean, we'll have preseason games. Yeah. Yeah. About our Uh, snafu last week and just totally missing the mark. I don't Uh, think we missed anything. I think we were right. I don't Uh, think that last week was the worst week. What happened in sports? Nothing. Training camp started, Jim. Yeah, uh, well, but it wasn't like um, it was like rookie training camp, right? And then they no, the no, veteran, no, 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 no. This is all of them. They just joined in. I don't think so, Alex. Trying to make well, it. <laughs> so we might have missed a little bit, but we weren't like sports still sucked last week. I I I think there's a, a worse week than last week for for me at least. All right. But I, I am Muff, uh, the person who's trying to uh, maneuver this. Uh, what's the thing on the helicopter that keeps it stabilized? The rotor. Uh, yeah, the rotor. The rotor. The Runner? rotorless helicopter. No, that's a, that's a ship. It's a no. rotor. It's a rotor on a helicopter. Uh, no. the, this rotorless. This rotorless helicopter. I'm Jim, the Ohio Homer. Alex, oh, the medical degenerate. It is. It's a tail rotor. Sorry. I'm Alex. I like random facts and wanted to know the truth about the helicopter. You think I made that shit up? No, I mean, I knew, but I just, like, needed to see it. They use their tail rotor to prevent themselves from spinning. Muff is the tail rotor. (laughs) Stop our torque reaction. Sometimes. Uh, This week, uh, we are diving into the NFC North, which is probably going to lead to some comments. About Aaron your Rogers, love affair with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers, blah blah blah. Um, maybe Jim, maybe training camps did start. So does this mean we officially made it to football? Maybe not football season, but football. Well, there's activity. You know what I mean? Like it's waking up from hibernation. I mean, there's a preseason game on Thursday. There's hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people arrived to training camp. Obviously, uh, some in more uh, intense and or uh, interesting fashion than others. I don't know if I would call it intense. Interesting. Interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Kyler Murray not only gets paid, uh, but also may have a concern (laughs) with video games. Or a lack there, like a lack of attention to his homework. This week's Mount Massive brings a new guest to the show. Super pumped about that. Welcome, yes. Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. Kyle will be 
we here for our Mount Massive segment. You know, uh, Kyle, Kyle did this by giving feedback about the Mount Massive. He did. Good job, Kyle. Way to go, buddy. Interacted with us. Yep. Jim? Yeah, Bill Russell passed away today, or yesterday, if you're listening to the show. At the age of 88, T's and P's to uh, Bill Russell. More on the life of Mr. Russell later on in the show. Um, but, yeah. Our fantasy league is up and running with Jim as returning champion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what, what positive vibes do we have going into this year? We feeling we feeling good about our chances. Get two keepers. Um, I'm feeling good. My wife is coming for blood. She I was is. gonna say Operation Beat Beat the Comstons. Yeah, this is where I'm at this year. Yeah, man. Well, sorry. Good luck. I think it's why well, is there some collusion afoot here? If you think I'm colluding, you not. <laughs> you talk to Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah, of all the, if it was any other married couple, I'm like, but Joe's pretty competitive. I don't think there's much like. Uh, she's worse than I am. <laughs> she's she's up there. She's yeah. dying to win this. Like, she wants to win so bad. What does she want if she wins? Like, what is the the prize that she will hold in high esteem aside from just saying that she won? Well, she. I'm sorry, Wilk. She's dying to beat Wilk. She. That's like her mission is to beat Wilk. And then it's to beat Muff, and and then of course beat me. Like, but I think it's in that order. Why are you three? You're the returning champion. That's well, for a loop because I didn't see that coming. I thought he'd be beat Jim. Well, I mean, I think it's like she wants to prove to you guys that, like, hey, she knows what she's doing. Gotcha. You know what I mean? I mean, if she's going that cutthroat, then next time you move, I'm not moving that purple mattress with you. <laughs> Don't move a purple mattress ever. Just burn it where it sits. <laughs> True story. Uh, be sure to follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. Sports Stuff W forward slash Jim. Avery Sam Muff on Facebook, on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, rate, review, like, share, retweet. Get the bell on. Poke. Poke. Oh. Ah, that's right. Poke. Mm-hmm. How can you forget about pokes? Ooh, yeah. Uh, again, today is Monday, August 1, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are 40-62, and 62, losing their sixth straight game today after the All-Star break, falling finally into last place in the NL Central, and a tie for next to last place with the with worst who? record in Major League Baseball. Who are they tied with? Well, there's one team worse, and they're tied with another team. I did not go. I just looked at records. I did not go deep. Man. But, but, this past Friday, the Pirates did have Yinzer Palooza. Were you there? The game. No, I was not, but it had some fanfare. It looked like the seats were packed all weekend, which means they probably had a concert and a fireworks show this weekend because <laughs> why else are people going to be there? Or dollar hot dogs, something like that. Mm-hmm. Dollar hot dogs, dollar beers. And it's probably helping to draw attention away from the whole Acrisure Stadium situation. Uh, and they probably have a stockpile of icy light they're trying to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah, now, big big Ben threw out the first pitch on Friday. Yinzer Palooza, he did. Was it was it good? I didn't see it. Did I? I did. I didn't see. I saw. I feel like it's embarrassing if your quarterback, like your your Hall of Fame quarterback, doesn't throw well. I didn't see a video. I just saw pictures. So maybe it was not the best. If I haven't seen a video yet, yeah. But it probably wasn't the worst either. If you haven't seen a video yet, yeah. If it was comically bad, it would have been been everywhere. Right. Right. Uh, and that takes us straight into the off season. 
Alex, where was, where was that on the level of poop, that was, to, poop to intensity factor? That was good on intensity and not much poop. I liked it. It's good poop then. It's good poop. I think we're, I think we're finally hitting our, our stride of intensity. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I think he has to have football like near yeah. to, to yeah. fully engage. Uh, it is 38 days to NFL football. There's Sorry. always some sneaky shit going on. Why are, we're still with the neighbors. Stop Sorry, looking at that no, window. This literally, this Jeep was just like driving super slowly down the road for no reason. Like Maybe I just, they want to be on the show. Should I, should I go yell? Yeah, that's Take on you if you want to invite them into your house. 26, 26 days. days to college football. Oh my gosh. Woo. Can, so I, get a, can I get a Ric Flair? Woo. 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 Two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo. Wow. So training camps did start in the NFL this past week. We had some notable entries, walk-ins. I don't know what we call this. Uh, what do we call this? Appearances? Yeah. Uh, first, the one that I think got the most attention was Aaron Rodgers showing up as Cameron Poe, a.k.a. Nicholas Cage from Con Air. How'd that make you feel? It was pretty uh it was pretty pretty funny to me uh he's got the he's got the flow um he had the he had the beater on with the jeans and like y'all tickling inside i no, i don't that's not the words um it, it didn't rustle your jimmies <laughs> my what your jimmies i thought we weren't allowed to talk about that oh that's true well <laughs> That's a different connotation when you put it the way I just used it. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure. Um, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers came as Cameron Poe. Uh, Russ Wilson showed up as himself, wearing his own jersey, jersey in front of a tricked-out Dodge Ram. Anybody else see this? I saw the Aaron Rodgers one. And I saw a bunch of the college football players doing the Let's Ride Russell Wilson imitation. I think uh, JT Daniels said, I think Caleb Williams might have done it too. There are several that the let's ride. Let's ride. Uh, what type of like showing up in your own jersey? Like, it's like a high school football move, isn't it? Like, oh, wear my jersey on Friday at school. I think it would have been weirder if he would have worn someone else's jersey. It's like, like, like a uh, throwback Broncos jersey. Like, what if yeah. you an Elway jersey or a Manning jersey? I was just going to say, unless I guess if it was early throwback, it would have been weird. I don't know. A lot of people are talking about the fact that he wore his jersey, saying that's kind of cheesy. A little cheesy. He's just proud of himself. Alex, have you seen Conair? No. Put the bunny back in Put, the box. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box. I'll add it to my list of... Uh, Things to do. I think you should have to watch it this week and report back. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call tomorrow night. So maybe things get slow at the hospital. Yeah. You should have to report back. Put the bunny back in the box. That's what you guys should do is give me like old classic things to look up and watch. Yeah. Tin cup. No. On air first. Go for the green. All right. Back to the sports show. (laughs) Are there any other uh, training camp? Any other training camp entrance entries, uh, arrivals that we saw? This is the only two I saw that made. I saw news. nothing. I saw nothing. Sees nothing. Wow. 
just the typical fans going crazy when players walk into the stadium for practice. Jim saw nothing, and apparently Kyler Murray is seeing nothing on his video game screen anymore. That's well, crunch. Yeah, getting screen time limits. We'll see. That got re- we'll that see. got re- retracted. We'll see. We'll see. There was the clause in the original contract that said he had to watch four hours of film independently a week. Too much screen time. I don't. Does this mean he's watching none prior to this year? Yeah. Four hours doesn't seem like much. Like that's not even an hour a day. Yeah, that's. But anyway, they rescinded this clause later, saying they didn't want to detract from the football. And really, I think it was just eh, let's take a step back because they we want to babysit him, uh, or they just you know didn't want people to realize that maybe he doesn't watch a whole bunch of film because uh, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, apparent that a lot of the greats at least the recent greats tom brady peyton manning um are both were both film just junkies like they were always watching film um and i I think it sets a bad precedent maybe and you know the uh, the thought was is that he was playing too many video games because he does have a pretty robust video game presence as far as like call of duty and i think he has his own like clan as far as gamer tag and everything so, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster's probably in it. Um, do we think this is a problem for not only potentially Kyler, do we think it's a problem for Kyler? Um, but is this something we're going to have to, we're going to see more of or see more discussion on in the future? I think it's individual. I think if he's putting up the numbers and making the, doing the plays and, that was making and doing the plays. Uh, then I don't care what he does, how he does it. If he's sucking and it comes out, he never takes any time to sit down and watch film. Then I'm going to be like, it's an issue. There is also some information floating around that says that <clears throat> Kyler Murray's production fall off last year was very much went hand in hand with the release of the new Call of Duty game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. So, obviously, people were flocking to that. Um, Jim, any thoughts on the video games? The video games clause, the redact, the retraction of that, and uh, film study in the NFL. I'm walking a fine line here um, because there's a subject of this and the and what Patrick Mahomes brings up later, and we talk about. I I put that topic in there for quick thoughts. Um, I see the the younger generation and their use of Twitch and video games and things of that nature being a concern for the old guard. And if there is a statistical correlation between Call of Duty's release and Kyler Murray's production, that is concerning. But... As opposed to what? You know what I mean? Like back in the day where Lawrence Taylor and Michael Irvin and all of those guys, their extracurriculars were hookers and blow. Kyler's playing video games. <laughs> like It's like whatever my parents tell me I would like buy too many books. I'm like, it could be drugs. So I, I don't know. But that's just... And if you look like... Look at NASCAR drivers right now. Like those old school NASCAR drivers were 
partying and drinking and doing some of the most outlandish shit. And now those guys spend their nights racing on the iRace series, playing video games. Like the generations have changed, even pro wrestlers. Pro wrestlers were doing speed and staying up all night, going town to town. And now the wrestlers are in the back playing video games. Like it's just a different way of doing things. And I think like they've got to adjust a little bit. Now, if it's seriously distracting from the game, I see why that's a concern. So I, I walk that fine line. Fair, fair. We will talk about more of that more on this topic adjacent later. Um, <clears throat> also from Cardinals camp, Marquise Brown is on the non-football injury list with a hamstring issue. Yeah, yeah. So they bring in Marquise Brown. DeAndre Hopkins gets suspended. Well, and I don't know necessarily that it's like a big time hamstring issue, but I always worry when I hear hamstring or quad issue or anything like that, because those are, seem to be the things that nag. So like if you're in a game and he goes down, even just for that game and you're already missing Hopkins, I don't know. Might not be good. Might not be good for the start Sometimes of the season. Keep in keep a little season. eye out on. Keep your eye on that. In Buccaneers camp, <laughs> center Ryan Jensen carted off the field last week. Obvious pain, yelling, screaming, in pain, and agony. Team later said it was a knee injury, and have since said Jensen could miss months. This is a significant loss for the Buccaneers because they just signed him to a three-year deal, even though it was even possible he was going to retire after last year. Uh, he's the anchor of the offensive line. He's the tone setter uh, for that line and has a very good relationship with Tom Brady. Um, hoping that we'll hear something from Nate on this as a Buccaneers fan and what he thinks. Uh, so Nate, get at us at Sports Gym on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on the Ryan Jensen injury. I think the this is what I love about NFL training camp and how the news breaks. And it was the I'm it hit my Twitter machine like instantly. And the report was Ryan Jensen goes down. Helmet came off. He spiked his helmet. That can never mean good things. So, like, the indication is if you spike your helmet. You're actually very hurt. And that means it's bad, bad. <laughs> well, I, I was reading about him, and I don't know much about him as a person and his character, but they said he's, like, the kind of guy that, like, refuses the cart 99%. Like, he's, like, very, like, suck it up, brush it off kind of guy. Right. So the team was kind of, like, when he willingly – First of all, was screaming and willing, like, got on the cart. They were like, something's wrong. Because usually gotcha. he's like, he'll crawl off if he has, you know. Yeah. So I think that was more like a, a comment to his usual manner versus how this went down. Gotcha. I just, the tweet when I was at work was, yes. he spiked his helmet. Not good. Not good. <laughs> I feel like if I, whenever, I don't usually throw my hat when I'm happy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is there, a, is, there, is there a time that we would throw things when we're happy? Oh, like graduation oh, cap. Yeah, I was going to say graduation cap. Uh, people throw things in the air. Like if they won a championship, you might like throw your glove in the air or something like that. I can say I never, in any of my happy moments, never threw anything. I have a cheap um, cloth hamper in my room that I threw a shirt in really hard angry the other day and it ripped. And I was like, you know what? That was karma. Don't throw things. That's a pretty cheap hamper. It really, oh, it, oh, yeah. Like that's when I say cheap, I mean like Dollar General stuff. But damn, no hate to people who shop at Dollar General. But Alex just 
destroyed a hamper from Dallas. Again, I have nobody living. <laughs> this goes back to the curtains conversation. <laughs> and you play this off and make your own choices. Uh, Buccaneers camp. So I know we've talked about who they have there. I want to get into a, not a long conversation, but why? How have we not talked even more about, and why is there not a huge discussion? I mean, I think there's a discussion, but the Buccaneers just keep refueling the offense. They lost Gronk. They pick up Kyle Rudolph, a Hall of Fame caliber tight end. Julio Jones, a Hall of Fame caliber wide receiver, obviously on the back end of their career. Uh, Tom Brady is pretty much doing what LeBron was trying to do in LA, only Tom Brady is succeeding in doing it. Not just once, but potentially year over year at this point. That was going to be my exact comment is everyone wants to say they played with Tom. Well, and it's Tampa Bay. Like, I could go to Florida and, and kick it. Like, well, all right. And I'm pretty sure, like, there's a tax Yeah, there's a like, tax issue down there. Well, it's not an issue. It's, it's a benefit. Right. Like, you get, you get a nice kicker for going down there. Yeah. I think so, taxes are very low. Yeah. The sun, sunshine state is also probably a very red state. Um, yes. 49ers camp, we have breaking, 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 breaking news from Sunday, yesterday. Debo Samuel reportedly signing a three-year extension worth $71.55 million, 58.1 of that guaranteed per Adam Schefter. Did we get Sheftied or is this legit? I don't really care. Okay. Jimmy really? doesn't care about Debo Samuel. Yeah, I was going to say, wait. The no, last, no, 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 the no. Last hold remaining, on. Hold last on. remaining holdout for the biggest contract. Hold on. Is coming hold to on. Be. Hold on. Let me clarify. I don't care that I, if I, if I got Shefty. Okay. Okay. Like, I was like, how can you, I was like, I feel like this isn't, this isn't baseball, Jim. We're talking about football still. No, like, I'm so over the Adam Schefter, like, bullshit that I just don't care. Like, I'll wait and see if somebody else breaks it and it's official before I, I give a shit about Adam Schefter at this point. Okay. I feel like he's right. Yeah, I think this is too specific for this to be wrong, I think. Yeah, um, and I, I think we all foresaw that that's where this was going, was he was just going to get Sure, that. yeah, absolutely. If this was like some – he was going to the Bears with this, I'd be like, oh, let's, let's hope pump the brakes, but no offense to the Bears. Bears. The 49ers have officially said they're moving on from Jimmy G to Trey Lance after Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and Garoppolo met last week. I ask again, fine gentlemen, where is Jimmy G going to end up? Here's my thing. I've seen some TikToks and some updates from camp about Trey Lance. He hasn't had a good camp like the last three or four days. Like he's thrown up in left field. Like he's not very accurate. I don't know why they're so quick to move from Jimmy G. This is me. Now, where's Jimmy G going to land? Uh, hopefully the Browns at this point. Like, I was just going to say probably the Browns because I originally would have said the Panthers. I think he would have been a good fit there. Mm-hmm. But with Baker there, he's not going to go there. And that offense, actually, the Browns offense works well for Jimmy G. He's a play-action type quarterback. Mm-hmm. And the Browns have a good ground game. Who went to Atlanta just now? Mariota. Mariota was named the starter. Yeah, named the starter. Falcons camp. Let me get there. 
So I think the Browns make the most sense. But again, you're waiting on the Sean Watson news. I guess also that Jimmy G is there's something about his current injury status that he isn't able to take another physical or at least complete another physical for like another week or two. So like until that happens, he's not probably truly on the trade block because nobody wants to touch him until they know that he's healthy. Gotcha. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can see him in Seattle. But Drew Locke was throwing lasers, Jim. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He, hit, he hit the net three times in a row. Whoa. From like 10, 15 yards. He's whoa. He's the next, he's the next big thing. Um, not only does he dance, but he can throw the ball. Sorry. Flew through the room. You are the biggest distraction sometimes. I know, I can't help it. Is there squirrels out there? Squirrel, squirrel. This is a long show to keep focused the whole time. We just started. Just getting all my distractions out now. Good grief. All right, let's get through Seattle's camps and while we watch Alex melt down. Seattle DK Metcalf signs a three-year $72 million extension that includes 58.2 guaranteed, including a $30 million signing bonus, which will come out in year one. He'll be a free agent at again at the age of 27, seeing that Debo Samuel just got just less than DK Metcalf. Is Metcalf worth this money, or is this Seattle trying to lock up the best player on their team, especially with Chris Carson retiring? Yeah, I think it's I think it's the best move. Like they gotta they gotta pay somebody some money. Jesus. I don't know why, but I'm still in this like mindset of like all these guys have to be like older than me, like they're adults. And then I hear like I'll be a free agent again at 27. And I'm like, whew, that's younger than me. Look at these guys doing big things. Yeah. And that's a big deal for him to get this big deal and then be able to get another contract before he yeah. turns 30. Like in the NFL at a wide receiver, 30 is usually like that age where they start to like, eh, we don't yeah, know if we want to lock you up long term. 30 year deal. Yeah. So good. I, know, I think it's smart of the Seahawks to do. I don't know that I think he's well on this team. If DK Metcalf was on a team with a better quarterback, I can make the argument that he deserves to money. I get on board with that. Uh, moving on to Falcons camp, Marcus Mariota named starting QB over Desmond Ritter after the first day of training camp. Are we surprised? Did we expect this? I expect it. I think. I think it makes sense. Marcus Mariota, even though he's not got a lot of experience, he has some experience. Um, I think to at least start out, it makes sense to let him start. I do think we will see Desmond Ritter at some point, but this Jimmy G in Atlanta. No. Okay. I think that's why, they, that's why they brought in Marcus, right? Was to be that more of a veteran. Yeah, yeah but I think Jimmy G better quarterback than Marcus. What about Jimmy G at the Steelers? No. Uh, no. They've already got – they've got three, four quarterbacks in camp. they got Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, Mason Rudolph, and I think they've got a, uh, a rookie, another rookie yeah, sitting there. Sure. So – I know I was going to, I was, I wanted to tweet at Sam the other day earlier that there was some like, you know, Steeler blog opinion. I was like, are we not giving Mason Rudolph enough credit? Like, could he be an actual threat in this quarterback battle? Could he be? Uh, to Steelers camp, Najee Harris quoted as saying, I'm going no Pfizer this year. I'm just strictly business. I want to see MFers' eyes. I love that. Of course you do. 
Pfizer. Okay. You know what would get you hyped up to if it was one of your team's running back. Well, the question I have here is, is the visor more intimidating or is the no visor more intimidating? Or is there a reason to wear the visor so people can't see your eyes? Oh, I, I just like the hype behind the statement sentiment. When I was playing Madden and creating my own characters, I usually went no visor. All right. Jim, any thoughts on visors? I don't care. That is not a topic I give a shit about. Okay. What what do you care about today? I was going to say, you've been very lost. Like, but I mean, like, this man said he wants to see people's eyes. Like, now he's got to put, now he's got himself, like, on an island. Like, now he's got to show out. I just think that's silly. That's silly. That is silly. Okay, well... Uh, as as we talked about, this is the last division, the NFC North, which we are going to break down in the NFC this week. And we'll be going to the AFC next week. The NFC North breakdown, starting with last year's standings. The Packers at 13-4, earning a playoff berth. The Vikings at 8-9, Bears 6-11, Lions 3-13, and 1. Wait, you're not going to talk about that graphic you decided to put in there? No, in the interest of time. Oh, no, that's not necessarily fair now, is it? Clearly, Jim had a lot to say. Go ahead, Jim. Take your, make your case. I just want to know why we left Malcolm Jenkins off there. Off of what? The graphic? The I'm, not the, I'm, not the, I'm not the one that uh, made the graphic. I just found it because Nate shared it. All right. All right, whatever. Let's move on to the breakdown. I just think that... Where do you think Malcolm Jenkins... Ended up in this graph, which in the in the yeah, and the cornerbacks it's Charles Woodson, Champ Bailey, Rondé Barber, Ty Law, uh, Namdi Asamugua, Antoine Winfield, Asante Samuel, and Darrell Rivas. Who does Malcolm Jenkins replace? I can't see the graphic, and we deleted it to cover up your tracks. Oh, don't uh, think nope. so. You definitely put it right back in. Hmm. Where's it at? Control Z is an amazing tool, Jim. I think he replaces Asamuga. Yeah, I agree. Where Antoine Winfield? Yeah. Those would be one of my if I was gonna if I was going to. I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I'm just any any other thoughts, Jim? That's all I have. That's anybody all anybody have. else anybody else we need to put up there that should be there that's that's not there from a school from the state of Ohio? No, that's it. That's all I wanted. Okay, NFC North time. Starting with the Packers. The winners of the NFC North last year. Losses, obviously, Devontae Adams lost to the Raiders. Marquez Valdez-Scantling lost to the Chiefs. Offensive tackle Billy Turner gone. Guard Lucas Patrick gone. And Zadarius Smith from the linebacker spot gone. The additions that they've made are on uh, both sides of the ball. In the defensive side, we got defensive tackle Jaron Reed from the Chiefs coming over. Linebacker Devondre Campbell coming over. And cornerback Rasul Douglas coming over the defensive side of the ball to join the re-signs of Alan Lazard and Big Bob Tunyon at the tight end spot after missing last most of last year with an injury. Mm. Mm. The mm. offense, go ahead, Alex. Nope, go ahead. We'll talk about the offense first, and I'll get my thoughts. <clears throat> the offense, obviously led by the reigning defending two-time MVP of the league, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God. Muffs. Muffs boy, Muffs 
He's, Secret uh, crush. Apparently, everybody's boy if he's two-time reigning defending NFL MVP. You can be the MVP and and not be my boy, like, but he's your boy. It's okay. Running back Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, wide receiver, <clears throat> the biggest question mark in Green Bay. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs, along with Big Bob Tunyon at tight end. How are we feeling? Is Alan him? Lazard a number one receiver? He's he's gonna be. I yeah. mean, <laughs> logistically he is, but like talent. He's not shown that he is, in my opinion. I look around the league at all the receivers, and I'm still looking at the Packers. Like, what'd you do? I don't dislike Alan Lazard. I think he's a good football player. I don't think he's the explosive weapon that you need. I mean, Aaron Jones is good, so you're going to have a good running back. And A.J. Dillon has done fine. And, you know, like I said, I don't dislike Alan Lazard. I just think you didn't fill holes that you should have probably filled. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't – I don't understand why he came back. Who? Aaron Rodgers. I don't get it. <clears throat> as opposed Money. to I mean he has the, he had the deal this is rough whatever whatever I mean I just ugh. okay defensive side of the ball we got linebacker Quay Walker Rashawn Gary DB's Adrian Amos and Jair Alexander um, <clears throat> they've been relatively Competitive on the defensive side of the ball. Losing Zedaria Smith was a big blow to them, but they couldn't afford him. Um, so the questions for the Green Bay Packers, uh, a little bit of what we just talked about, who's going to be Aaron Rodgers' top target this year? I leave my answer to that to the Muffnack. I um, – how old's Randall Cobb? Oh, he's mid-30s, got to be. I was going to say, he, I feel like he's been around for a while. But again, he's a reliable, good guy to have on the team, but he's not your all-star receiver. But whatever. Yeah, there's been some there's been some talk because Christian Watson's currently on the uh, it's he's on the pup list, but apparently you can be on the pup list during training camp, and as long as you're not on there at the beginning of the season, you don't miss any time. You just come off of the pup list. Gotcha. Um, it's interesting. I learned a little bit about this stuff, but don't understand it still. Uh, but there's been a lot of talk about Romeo Dobbs. Like he's impressing, uh, but he's also obviously one of the very limited wide receivers at their camp. So we'll see where that goes. Um, will the ground game be able to support what may be a shaky start in the passing game with all of those uh, unknowns we have at the wide receiver position? Jim, thoughts? I, I think so. I think he'll, that Aaron Jones will be okay. Um, I, I don't think they have much of a choice. True. So I, I think so. And Alex, will Aaron Rodgers be in the running for a third MVP this season? No. Yeah. No. I mean, with the other guys in the league, Josh Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, definitely. Possibly even Mason Rudolph. I don't know. Jeez. Right, Jim? Murderers Row in Pittsburgh. Right, Jim? Yeah, okay, come on. What's what's going on TikTok, buddy? I'm not looking at TikTok. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of this Packers bullshit so I don't have to hear this love affair of Aaron Rodgers. Moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, key losses. Tight end Tyler Conklin to the Jets. Center Mason Cole to the Stillers. 
and safety Xavier Woods to the Panthers. Additions, defensive tackle Harrison Phillips from the Bills, linebacker Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals, and they got Zadarius Smith from the Packers, an in-division pickup, which is always good for a team. Um, offensively, the Vikings are led by quarterback Kirk Cousins, running back Dalvin Cook, wide receivers Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, and tight end Irv Smith Jr. On paper, that on paper the Vikings should be good. Yeah, I mean, I think, in my opinion, Aaron Rodgers should have gone to the Vikings. Could, that would uh, have taken a lot of maneuvering. Yeah, with, with a contract that Kirk Cousins has right now. Yeah. If I'm Kirk, saying it couldn't happen. Just saying, Kirk tough. Cousins can just not do anything disastrous. They could do good work. I mean, well, just, you're asking for a lot. I know, but Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith Jr. is not a bad tight end. You have weapons around. You just have to make sure a quarterback just just don't do anything stupid. Yep. Don't screw. Like, I feel like they're just gonna look him in the face and be like, "You don't have to do anything magical. Just don't do anything dumb." Yeah. Right. On the defensive side of the ball, they've got Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks, and Jordan Hicks at the linebacker spots. Obviously, Zadarius Smith and Patrick Peterson, which uh, it's, it's pretty it's pretty stout defense when you look at a paper. Say, yeah. Uh, questions for the Vikings. Will Kirk Cousins be able to outperform his GM's expectations after burying him in a preseason press conference? Did you all hear of this? Or I did it? not, but I was going to say, I don't think I heard it. <sighs> the Vikings GM, a newer guy. Um I think this is his first year pretty much came out and said, I'm not saying he stated any lies, but he said, well, it's not like we've got a Tom Brady. It's not like we got, um, he started naming off like the Patrick Mahomes is like the top five quarterbacks. I think he even went into like top 10, even getting like Derek Carr and stuff like that in there. Um, it's like, it's not like we got one of these guys. So, you know, we're just going to do what we can do with what we have. <laughs> I'm just like, Way to just bolster the confidence of your entire team going into the preseason. I mean, he, at least he did. I like the guy. He's telling the truth. That's my kind of guy right there. Uh, Alex, thoughts? I don't know. Uh, I, that's a little. That's a little harsh. I mean, that's something you talk. You like say to your buddies like over a beer, not necessarily like openly just smash down on your quarterback. <laughs> The press conference, you know, somebody, somebody that you paid a good bit of money to, you just be yeah. like, ah, we paid like you a, money, but we know you're not that good. That's like a behind closed doors, like, yeah, man, the kid's really trying, but it's not, <laughs> not right. <sighs> uh, and will the running game in Minnesota be elite enough to support the Kirk Cousins play action passing game? I think so. This is a Dalvin Cook like health situation in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, didn't they have a hell of a backup too? Uh, Alex Madison. I don't know. Yeah. If he's, I don't know if he's still there or not. Yeah, I'm not sure. So we haven't heard about him going anywhere else. I feel like that would be a yeah. decent. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a serviceable backup. Uh, Alex, if you want to look that up, we'll move on to the Bears real quick. Uh, the Bears losses wide receiver Allen Robinson to the Rams. I think he's still uh he's still Viking. The Bears. Uh, Alex Madison is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Uh, lost wide receiver Jakeem Grant for the Browns. Guard James Daniels to the Steelers. Defensive tackle Bilal Nichols to the Raiders. And Khalil Mack to the Chargers. So, like, 
hey, guys, our offensive line, not the best at keeping Justin standing upright. You know what we're going to do? We're going to gut the defense, too. Good grief. Fire sale. Fire sale in Chicago. Uh, they did add Byron Pringle from the Chiefs at wide receiver, Inquinemius St. Brown from the Packers at wide receiver, and Nikhil Harry at wide receiver from the Patriots, former first-round draft pick, one of Bill Belichick's rare misses. Um, <clears throat> they've also added guard Lucas Patrick from the Packers, uh, Elquad Muhammad from the Colts at the end, and Justin Jones from the Chargers at D-tackle. So more additions, really, than subtractions. Uh, I just think the subtractions are potentially big, big deals. I mean, those are key, key players on that defensive front or defensive side of the ball that they should not have probably lost. Yeah. On the offensive side of the ball for the Bears, Justin Fields at quarterback, David Montgomery at running back. At wide receiver, we got Darnell Moody, who's still there, Byron Pringle, obviously, and Nikhil Harry, and tight end Cole Komet. Tight end's not bad. He's not great, but he's not bad. Byron Pringle. (laughs) Pringle. (laughs) Pringle came on at the end of last year. He had some good plays for the Chiefs. So he could be a good addition if Justin Fields stays upright and gets him the ball. That's true. If Justin Fields stays upright, defensive side of the ball, we got defensive tackle Justin Jones, defensive end Robert Quinn, linebackers Raquan Smith, strong safety Jaquan Brisker, picked up in the draft, supposed to be making an immediate impact for the Bears. Um, <clears throat> questions for the Bears Who is going to be Justin Fields' primary target? Jim, I bring this to you. I, I have no idea. Thank no you. idea. Pringle, I guess. I, I, he's got to stay upright. That's the first test. <laughs> Who's the backup for the Bears? Uh, Did the it. Red Rockets stay there? Uh, Andy Dolan? Uh, did he? Well, I didn't hear him going anywhere else. I don't think he did. Who is the backup in Chicago? Oh. Trevor Simeon and Nathan Peterman. Okay. Nathan Peterman? That's he's third. Trevor Simeon second. They can both throw picks. Yeah, so it's going to be a... They also have Daz Daz Newsom. Wide out. All right. We'll see. Uh, Can this defense support an offense that is going to understandably have challenges and experience growing pains especially at the beginning part of the season no <laughs> Jim does not have confidence in the bears no no confidence speaking of lack of confidence moving on to uh, the detroit lions see i i am going to ride or die with the lions this year ride or die it's their Somebody time mark this down for the betting show i i'm I, gonna hold you to this <laughs> so hard <laughs> i like i don't know i want the lions to be good so bad <laughs> i don't cannot know wait cannot wait the uh, lions lose dj short to the jags mike hughes cornerback to the chiefs but wait apparently we messed up in there they add dj shark from the jaguars I apologize. That we, messed up. we didn't mess up you did this 
feel like somebody's been messing with me. Uh, resign Josh Reynolds, a wide receiver, linebacker Charles Harris, and safety Tracy Walker. Offensive side of the ball, we've got quarterback Jared Goff, running back DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, wide receiver Amon, Amon, Amon Ray St. Brown. Amon DJ the Sun God, right? Amon Ra. Ra. Ra is the Sun God. Uh, DJ Shark, Jason Williams, Josh Reynolds, and TJ Hawkinson at the tight end spot. How can you not look at that team and think that they have a shot? Because of the lines. I think that's unfortunately what we've yeah. come to expect. I'm not saying I disagree with you, Alex. Uh, and my records may show a little bit of what you just said. Uh, I'm just, I just don't know if I can make myself truly trust it yet. I can't wait to make you bet them. Who, me? No, Alex. You just wait. When I'm rolling in the dough later, I'm going to be regretting it. Wishing you were on my bandwagon. I can't wait. Uh, defense side of the ball, they got Michael Brockers at tackle, Aiden Hutchison, number one draft pick at the end, and Jeff Okuda at quarterback. That's right, from the Ohio State University. Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. Uh, <laughs> questions for the Lions. Will Jared Goff step up as quarterback and prove he's worth the money they're investing in him currently? No. I think he will be solid. Cannot wait. Can the Lions get rid of Goff quickly enough? They'll hang around. At this point, they're just Jimmy G. They're waiting him out. Ooh, that, that's a lot of money. Goff's making a good bit of money. I know. Because they, absor- they absorbed Goff- that contract to get Stafford out. Eh, we'll see. Uh, will DeAndre Swift stay healthy and prove he's worthy of the number one backfield role? Yes. Yes. I agree. Is Dan Campbell going to continue to be one of the most entertaining and electric coaches in football? Yes. Yes. And Dan Campbell is the reason I think that I want, like, um, I think I'm a Dan Campbell fan is why I'm hooking my wagons to the, the Lions this year. This week, our projected standings for the NFC North. Let's start with Jim, then me, and then Alex. I have the Lions at three and fourteen, the Bears at seven and ten, the Vikings at nine and eight, and the Packers at eleven and six. I have the Bears bringing up the bottom of this division at five and twelve, the Lions at six and eleven, the Vikings at ten and seven, and the Packers at twelve and five. And I have the Bears at seven and ten, the Vikings at eight and nine, the Lions at nine and eight, and the Packers at twelve and five. I think that we should go back at the end of this season and see how close we were on all these. Can't wait. That is ballsy, Alex. Not just that the Lions, the Lions are better than the Vikings. Yeah. Cannot wait. Gonna well, be a good time. This could be interesting. So that wraps up the NFC North breakdown. And this session of the offseason. This is Mount Massive. All right, so we got a special guest, Mr. Kyle Lutz. He uh, he brought his own topic because he's a loyal listener, and he said, "Hey guys, do the top five sports movies." And uh, Muff and Alex said, "Bring forth your top five movies and come on the show." So welcome to the show, Kyle. How are you? Thanks, Jim. I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, and it's been great listening to you guys for the past couple months and excited to be on it's actually my first podcast i'm on well hey. happy to pop your cherry coming on the show oh good sound effect muff so we're gonna save we're gonna save yours the best for last 
Um, we're going to have Alex start. Okay. Um, Does that mean Alex I, is the worst? Yes. <laughs> and we're going to have you uh, judge everyone's lists, Kyle. Oh, boy. So, Alex. Be yeah. nervous. It's okay. Alex is going to say his reasoning uh, for his list. Give a spiel and then tell the list. And then, uh, Kyle, you tell us what you think. Sounds good. All right. So my list in no, in no particular order. We have one, Rudy. Two, Radio. Three, The Sandlot. Four, Rocky. And five, Miracle. With an honorable mention going to Angels in the Outfield. Is there any reasoning behind your list? No, I just like these movies. I used to watch Rudy like on repeat at night, like at a little DVD player. It's good, good inspirational movie about coming up from the bottom. I think that's what I always like, like the like the movies that like they motivate you, you know. And then the Sandlot's just for fun. Kyle, what do you think of his list? I think it's an excellent list. Um, um, Sorry. I don't think I've seen Miracle before, but and if I did, it was a long time ago. And I play for the United States of America. But yeah, but I know I always say I know the story behind it. Um, 1980s um, U.S. Olympic yeah hockey team, but great story behind it. But yeah, the Sandlot. Not to get too far ahead, it's on my list as well. I mean, who can go wrong with the Sandlot? It's an excellent movie. It's a lot more about that than baseball. About friendships, about growing up, making memories. It's it's one of the best too. So I really love that option. I'm gonna go next. I, uh, my list is based on strictly my personality and, uh, and my life. Uh, I'm a big fan of any given Sunday, Lawrence Taylor. To me, that's how football, uh, really is. I probably not, but in my head, that's how football is. Um, Forrest King Richard. I got two daughters of my own. It's kind of how I, how I think I parent. I probably don't parent like, uh, the Williams father, but it's kind of how I wish I did. Uh, varsity blues because i grew up in that era of that's kind of how i see the ohio valley and sports um days of thunder rubbing rubbing is racing um i love i love days of thunder and then i wrestled so vision quest is a movie that like we always watch before tournaments so vision quest like you put vision quest on right now and me and me and my buddy goose will sit down and just watch the whole damn thing and drink beer. Um, and then honorable mention for me is Sandlot because growing up I had, I had my own Sandlot with a bunch of friends. So that's my list. Yeah. It, is vision quest. The, the movie where the song lunatic fringe became popular. I believe this, so. Is yeah. that a, I, don't, I forget if it's that movie or another, like I, I can't remember movie. either, but th- that's vision quest is the eight cut and weight. That's, mm. that's the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, Kyle, what do you think of my list, buddy? I I totally forgot about Varsity Blues. I've seen it a few times, and I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna have to probably rewatch that one, that one now because I really enjoyed that one when I many, first watched it. Many drunken nights watching <laughs> that movie. I have never seen three of the five movies on your list. What three? Well, I, I haven't seen King Richard yet. That I know that's a rather new movie, so I haven't gotten around to see that one yet. But oh, it's good. Um. Will Smith won the Oscar for that one, right? Yep. Okay, so yeah, that one's definitely on my watch list. But 
Yeah, I know that's one that's rather new. So that's probably the reason why I haven't got around to that one yet. Yeah, but. go see it. What are, the other, what are the other two you haven't seen, Alex? Days of Thunder and Vision Quest. Go watch Days of Thunder. And too. what was the third one? King Richard? King Richard, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I've seen, I haven't seen Varsity Blues in a very long time. And then everyone's kind of seen Any Given Sunday at least once. I don't want your life. I love you all that. Any given Sunday, Jim, did we just talk about football? Is like dot that anymore? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure. But in my head, so when, Lawrence, when Lawrence Taylor was playing football, that's how Lawrence Taylor played football. Like it's true. So go ahead, Muff. Give all us right. your list. My list, as should be expected, has a couple golf movies on it. Yeah. Uh, Tin Cup. And Caddyshack are the golf movies on there. Friday Night Lights and Varsity Blues are the football movies. And then White Men Can't Jump is also on my list to round out the five. So go ahead, Kyle. I love Caddyshack. That's a it's an all-time classic. All-time classic golf movie. Um, that's actually one of the movies that may be on my list, maybe in my honorable mention, but Love that movie. Um, I think that's my dad's favorite movie. So he always quotes that movie when we go golfing. And it's just a very funny movie. All-time classic for golf. So glad you brought that up, Muff. Mm-hmm. I have never seen White Men Can't Jump. Oh, Alex, what's wrong with you? I'm telling you, I told you guys you need to like assign me a weekly movie and I'll report back. Jeez. Con Air this week. You can't take it back. Yeah, you have to watch Con Air. Kyle, real quick before we get into your list. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers showing up as Cameron Poe to training camp? I love Aaron Rodgers' personality. That was <laughs> pretty cool. Kyle, you're welcome back on this show anytime you'd like to, especially during football <laughs> Another season. Another one, Jim. Talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan, too. Even though I'm not a Packers fan, well, big fan of Aaron Rodgers. All but right, also, Kyle. But also, <laughs> since I'm on here, go Buckeyes. There we go. Redeemed. Half the reason I needed to come on the show is just give you some Buckeye backup, Jim. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Let's hear your list, Kyle. All right. In no particular order. Friday Night Lights. The Bad News Bears. Moneyball. The Sandlot. And this may be a little bit controversial, and maybe it's just because I have my nostalgic goggles on. The Longest Shard, 2005. The remake with Adam Sandler. All right. Yeah. All right. And a few of my honorable mentions, um, obviously, like any of the Rocky movies besides Rocky Five. Yes. Caddyshack, um, yeah. Happy Gilmore. Um, and another category I had was the most quotable sports movies was Dodgeball. Yeah. Talladega, Talladega Nights. And I just had a couple um, underrated ones that too that are very good, but I don't think they get the um, spotlight that they should is um, Glory Road. I almost put that on my list. That's a good um, movie. Um, Gridiron Gang. Okay. And The Ringer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is on one of my all-time favorites. I quote that a lot. You yeah. took it and you scratched it. My CD. You get in the face and you scratch my CD. <laughs> what do you have got ice cream? That's my favorite. <laughs> it was on the quotable list, right? That was... <laughs> Um, 
uh, Kyle, I wanted to throw out two more just to see your reaction since they got taken off my list. Remember the Titans was one that we didn't mention. That was I'm actually go. surprised no one said that one. That I tried, but you cut me I off. I thought it was going to be on almost everyone's list. I hear about, I hear people talking about that all the time for like best football movies. So I was preparing to hear that a lot. So I'm I think the only reason it wasn't on my true list was it was like a predictable. Yeah. And then the other one that I had as an honorable mention was A League of Their Own. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think this is very telling. Our lists are very telling of like the generation we grew up in. Absolutely. Right? Like, I guess remember the Titans is the same like generation as Friday Night Lights as far as the movie, but the book, right, about the real Permian Panthers was mm-hmm. set in the eighties. Um, well, I think the movie was set in the eighties too. Right, what I'm saying, but the movie came out. Right, but the movie came out. Oh yeah, it came out like oh four oh five much much later. Yeah, but the story was back to the eighties. Okay. Um, and obviously Varsity Blues is the football movie that Jim and I grew up with going through um, in that. So Jim got a little bit more, even farther back for his his list. Oh, yeah. Vision Quest is, yeah. I mean, it got passed down, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so like wrestler high school would pass to the next wrestler. So like it got to me by through the 80s because 80s wrestlers were passing it down. Well, Kyle, I hope you enjoyed uh, being on your first podcast. Yeah, it was a great time. I had a great time talking to you, gentlemen, and hope I can do it again sometime. Oh, yeah. My favorite Just... segment is the Mount Massive. and That's right. A good time. Favorite segment, Mount Massive. That's right. You heard that, Muff. You, too, I... could be a guest on Mount Massive. When oh, he, yeah. When he told us that, we immediately credited you, Jim. Yes, we did. I know you think we only talk bad about you, but we said stuff nice. I appreciate it. I we talk, we talk, it. we talk nice. We talk nice behind your back, buddy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was Mount Massive. So, as mentioned in the opening, we talked about uh, the passing of Bill Russell, and I just want to talk about briefly. Um, he was a two-time national champion at the University of San Francisco, captain of the 1956 gold medal Olympic team. 11-time NBA champ with the Boston Celtics, two of those as a coach, five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, 14,522 points, 21,620 rebounds, 41,000 assists. He mentored the likes of Kobe, Magic, many other current stars. Um, He was an an all-around supreme athlete. And when we talk about just now coming out of the Mount Massive, we talk about LeBron's and we talk about Kobe's and we talk about Michael Jordan's Bill Russell. And I think it's because we talk about those guys and we're of the younger generation, as Muff said, and, and when it comes to movies, sometimes Bill Russell doesn't get the credit athletically because he's from the older generation, but he did things 11 time NBA champ that nobody's, probably ever going to do again athletically um that's fantastic but then his civic and his social things that he did he was he was a trailblazer um they let's just talk about he's in the basketball hall of fame and he refused to attend because frankly he thought that like other black basketball players should have been put in before him. Um, 
he was at the Cleveland Summit. Uh, we talked about the Cleveland Summit on episodes before, but it was a Jim Brown, um, Kareem, Abdu- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, and and some other athletes. I, I'm missing one. I can't think of the other one. But they all were at a Cleveland Summit to support uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, and it was outspoken athletes who were speaking up in support of Muhammad Ali at a time where that was frowned upon. He, his Boston Celtics were experiencing racism in uh, Kentucky before a exhibition game, and he boycotted a game. You all remember earlier there was, I think last summer or the last season there was boycotts of games, and mm-hmm. I thought that was like a, a new thing. No, Bill Russell had done it before. Um, he was the first black head coach in any major league sport. He's the presidential medal of freedom winner. He was truly a trailblazer and not just sports. And I didn't realize all that. And so that's why I I just bring him up now briefly um, because he was a hell of an athlete and did things that probably will never be done. And then he did a lot of things that like we recognize LeBron for, and we recognize a lot of other athletes for us. We, and I think a lot of people go, wow, that's a first. Nope. He, he did it first. And so I just kind of want to recognize him on this show as like, damn, like that, that was a legend. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. The amount of championships in the rings, all of that aside, like I agree, he was doing things in the era when, it was not as celebrated. Yeah. Like taking stands, taking, you know, stands against inequity, racial justice, social justice. Like that's a time whenever the potential ramifications of doing that were a whole lot greater than they are right now. Yeah. uh, Comparatively. So yeah, it's the world, not just the basketball world lost, lost, lost a great soul today. And it's not, I don't know, maybe I'm because I'm older now and I got kids and all that. This is one of the last ones of that generation, celebrity-wise, that we had left that that did that. You know what I mean? Like this is Muhammad Ali's gone. Jim Brown's still alive, I believe, right? Yes. But there aren't too many left that stood up to inequity. At a time where you couldn't, like you were risking your life. And so I just think that's crazy that like today or yesterday, if you're listening to the show, we lost somebody in that from that era. And that's crazy to me, like the gravity of that. So it's just, I wanted to give him his due. uh, And that's why I brought it up on the show, like outside of quick thoughts and all the other stuff. I did not know a lot of that. That was very informational for me. Yeah, neither did I. I I heard he passed and I was going to Lowe's and I heard it on the radio of all the stuff and I was like, damn, like we need to say something about it. So I always feel like whenever and just give my brief two cents, I always feel like whenever these kind of figures die, it hits me that all of these things that I put as like that well, that happened so long ago, we're so different now. It didn't happen that long ago. Like <laughs> right, just right. Died. like I don't know. Like looking at the years, sometimes thinking like when well, my parents were born, I was like, wow, like my mom was about to be bo- like, she almost lived through this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just weird. And then it puts it kind of in perspective how close everything really is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good That's job. all. 
Good job. That's all I wanted was just to like point that out. So thank you guys for giving me that opportunity. Good piece. This is Quick Thoughts. I almost messed it up there, just <laughs> for the record. Even though we practiced, I almost messed it up. <laughs> so if I'm making weird faces because I was about to say, welcome to Quick Thoughts, that's not how we do it. But now I can. Welcome to Quick Thoughts. This week, we're going to start in the NFL. In the NFL, there is concern in the league over the use of the new, quote, guardian cap, unquote, in camp. There is a belief that this cap will cause players to use their helmets more than usual and cause more issues when the caps are removed for live play. For those of you that don't know, the guardian caps are those little black foamy things they've been wearing over their helmets. It's not little. No, but. Like a bubble on their helmet. All right, Jim. Well, well. I think it's, I think there's something to be said for it may cause issues when it comes off. But I don't necessarily think it's the same issues that everybody's concerned with. If I'm running with a giant block on my head for three weeks and I'm like, I got this big block on my head and then like I get to take it off for live play, I feel like I'll be like disoriented. Like, I don't think I'm going to lead with my head so much as like, I'm going to be like, where's the big thing on my shoulders? Like, I'm going to feel funny. That's just me. Muff? Why are your shoulders involved? It's on your head. Well, have you seen me walk, Muff? Like, I'm just one giant boulder. So, anyway, this, so the helmet condom um, is, <laughs> is a thing. And if, if other people haven't seen it, Jason Kelsey kind of poked fun at this and put, bubble wrap on top of his helmet i did see that that was epic like to to call attention to like and this so the positions that this is targeted for in training camp are offensive defensive line tight ends wide receivers and i think like safeties like that's in running backs i think they're like those high impact and obviously at the beginning of training camps unless you have like an outrageous coach at this point like maybe urban meyer last year trying to do like live hitting drills uh early on in the preseason <laughs> the punter had it on for urban right yeah yeah the punter. i'm gonna kick you wear that bubble <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like these are meant to ease back into it and avoid the unnecessary contact head contact in those first few weeks so i i get it it looks weird but I mean, we've also seen to some degree this in some other high contact sports like rugby. So, yeah. Plus, uh, Jim, I don't think they're that heavy. Like, I feel like they're probably very aerodynamically friendly. Like, think how light the running shoes and stuff are. Like, they don't. All right, Alex, go wrap bubblehead around your head next next show. And, I will. I'll, and, let, I'll add that to my list. Watch con hair, wrap bubble wrap around it. <laughs> Do it while watching con hair. <laughs> All right, next topic. Patrick Mahomes said that he read about Kyler Murray's contract and study clause, and here's his own, and this is his own criticism. Quote, obviously, the black quarterback has had to bat- battle to be in this position that we are to have this many guys in the league playing, unquote. Mahomes said Friday after the Kansas City Chiefs concluded a training camp practice, every day we're proving that we should have been playing the whole time. We've got guys that can think just as well as they can use their athleticism. It's always weird when you see guys like me, Lamar Jackson, Kyler kind of get that on them when other guys don't. But at the same time, we're going out there to prove ourselves every day to show we can be some of the best quarterbacks in the league. Thoughts? Muff. I think it's 
positive that Patrick Mahomes is the person that's speaking up um, because I don't, at least to my knowledge, and I never have heard Patrick Mahomes like put into that type of category. I think maybe just because he's experienced so much success early um, that he's not somebody I've felt has been put in that, the, that, that segment where Lamar Jackson, maybe where Kyler Murray, maybe now, um, that people have concerns about his commitment based on this video game thing. But like we talked about, there's a whole lot worse things he could be doing than playing video games on the side. Um, and what I see with some of this is like, I'm going to focus in on Kyler for a second, is what's the difference between Kyler Murray using his video game platform to have a side hustle and make money than somebody like Peyton Manning starting Omaha Productions? or being on all those commercials. So I think it's just a different way to capitalize on your platform, on your fame to get some additional money. Cause I can guarantee that Kyler Murray is getting paid to do some of that video gaming stuff. It's just, he's, it's perceived to be a less old white way to earn money. If we're going to use some terms. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I get it. It makes sense, and I'm glad that Patrick Mahomes was the person to bring this up because he's not somebody that I ever thought of in that light, but I totally understand it. Kim? I agree with everything Muff said. I do have I, – I agree that it's nice to hear Patrick Mahomes come out and say something. I think it, the point is valid. Like, we look at Lamar Jackson and go, well, he's not your tr- quote-unquote traditional quarterback. We look at Patrick Mahomes and go, well, he throws the ball funny. We look at Kyler and go, well, he plays video games. Like, we always find a but with the black quarterback, and but we never we never necessarily put a, a asterisk next to the white quarterback. And I, I hate saying that, like, I truly hate saying that. And, you know, when I say we, like, I definitely mean me. Like, I I innately agree with the media's perception. Like, oh, yeah, he does throw the ball funny. Or, like, yeah, Lamar, he is the running quarterback. He doesn't, you know what I mean? And, oh, maybe Kyler does play video games too much. And, I like, I buy into the narrative so easily. And and I'm I am guilty by just buying in. And I, I, it took Patrick Mahomes saying that for me to be like, wait, yeah, that is kind of horse shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like for me to realize like, yeah, there is some, some merit there. Shit. So like, yeah, I think he's got a valid point there. Okay. Another NFL topic. There was a minor scuffle in Steelers practice and Josh Allen got chippy with a defensive tackle at the end of the bills practice. Are these types of small altercations good for motivation and showing that people are interested and caring in practice, or do you think it's a little bit of a problem for this kind of thing to happen? I don't think it's a problem one bit. Not one freaking bit. Like, you're coming back from being off. you got to be innately sore. It's it's hot, and you're playing. You're, you're going back to work. Your attitude is probably not the greatest. You're going to get chippy. I'm okay with it. There were t- oh, sorry. There were times when Muff and I were doing our jobs and we were starting back where we hated each other. Now we're doing a podcast. Like it, it builds camaraderie. To hate each other a little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. 
Moff, any thoughts? Uh, I think this is more telling of, so it's like the, the older guys. I think this happens more often with an older guy or a more established person like a Josh Allen, somebody that's like, yeah, I, I already know my spot on this team. Yeah. And it's, it's some of the second, third, fourth string guys or people trying to just make the roster on special teams that get a little f- full of themselves or trying to just like make something stand out. And yeah. those are the guys that are usually starting it more so. And it's like the older dudes are like, Hey, little puppy calm down like yeah it's yeah, okay like, that's where you came like from. it's it, good job buddy now I'll just go back in the corner until we ask you to come back out again like yeah. that's fair. Put, put people in their place that's fair staying with football but moving to the college world ucla will receive about 65 67.5 million dollars from Under Armour as part of a settlement to resolve the school's lawsuit against the apparel company for terminating a record 15-year $280 million deal back in June of 2020. Under Armour cited marketing benefits the UCLA had not provided for an extended period of time for the reason of termination. Do you think that Under Armour had a point? Uh, Uh, It's me. It's me. Yeah. Um, Under Armour has a point. I'm sure they do they didn't get as much of a benefit as they anticipated from UCLA, but this goes down to all of those things like, well, what if UCLA found that the Under Armour products were subpar and they could get them better from somebody else? Could they just terminate that contract? Under Armour Armour, Armour wouldn't allow that. So I think they have to honor the agreement for the time period and they just have to suck it up. And if if they're getting a loss, just accept that loss and it's business. That's business, baby. Jim, who signs a 15-year deal with UCLA for that kind of money and expects a good return? It's UCLA. I, I don't. What were you getting out of it? Like, I don't remember ever thinking of UCLA as an Under Armour product. I don't understand the return they thought they were going to get. That was a bad investment on Under Armour. Stick with the rock. There you go. Other other college news. In response to criticism of the Pac-12's future, Commissioner George Kliakov. I'm just shaking my head, Alex. Keep going. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought maybe I was not supposed to do this one or something. In response to the criticism of the Pac-12's future commission, future Commissioner George Kliakov says... We are bullish about the Pac-12's future and our opportunities for long-term growth, stability, and success. He continues by saying, our conference boasts 10 of the most iconic and innovative brands in all of sports, all around excellence in academics and athletics, and a half dozen of the most valuable markets in the country. Thoughts, Jim? Alex, name the, t- name the 10 schools left in the Big 12. Uh, in the Big 12? The Pac-12. Pac-12. Name, name the 10 schools. USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington. You can't name USC and, and UCLA so because they're gone. Name the 10 schools left. They will be gone. Yeah, will be gone. Oregon State. Uh, Arizona State. Is, are they? Arizona? See my point here? So if you have... If you're going to be the commissioner and say, we have 10 of the most iconic and innovative brands of, in all of sports, and most people can't name those 10, that is false. Now, 
and all around ex- people like you know, no, they're all around excellence in academics. You're correct, sir. That you're that's what you're good at. Stanford. And a half a dozen of the most valuable markets. I would say you might be probably true there. Six good markets. But your schools are not that valuable. And that's the issue. The outlook for your conference is not good. Your job is to say it is, and I get that. But like, let's start selling it a little better. That's my thought. Muff? Football is an East Coast heavy thing. And the Pac-12 just lost the two most recognizable brands in that conference to the East Coast. So sorry about your luck. Hopefully California will keep the train rolling. But other than that, they're going to be in the dumps. We got Cal and Oregon. Cal. That is one. Brent Venables says that he doesn't want guys to commit if they're still going to be making visits to other schools. He says that he wants someone that when he proposes and they say yes, they go on to get married. Do you agree or disagree with this? Muff? I I, I do agree that if you're going to commit, like full-on commit, then, yeah, you sign it, you're done. Um, if, what, what does full-on commit mean to you, Muff? It's, it's not a verbal. So it's a written a written commitment. Like I, I am saying I commit to play to X school. Um, it's written somewhere. So if these are verbal commits, then that's been going on for years. Like the verbal commits have never been as solid as Oak. Um, so I agree that if we're going to have commitments that are beyond the verbal, then they should be honored. Um, if you're not going to do that, then just don't commit or make a verbal commitment and do what people have done for years. Jim? I firmly disagree. Unless Brett Venables is going to also commit to his position and put that in blood, I he can shut up. Because guaranteed if, God forbid, knock on some wood, uh, the coach of Alabama were to suddenly, you know, give let's say he retires. I'm not even get very drastic. Let's say he retires and Alabama knocked on the door of Brent. Uh, best believe he's leaving Oklahoma. So shut up. That was kind of the same thing. You, that's your same similar opinion that you've always kind of had on the transfer portal. Yes. But okay. Fair enough. I get what he's saying though, too. You know, he's his thoughts were how do I build a roster whenever I have all these guys saying they're committed? And then all of a sudden I've been out there visiting all these other schools and then I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, my thoughts the same as the transfer portal. If you're going to take that risk and be visiting other schools, he's going to take the risk and keep recruiting people for your position until someone signs the paper and ink. Yep. So I don't know. Basketball. WNBA star Diana Taurasi becomes the third player at 40 or older to record a 30-point basketball game, joining joining Dirk Nowitzki and Michael Jordan. Where does Taurasi fit in your best WNBA or basketball players of all time? Jim? That's tough. Um, So it's – that's just her WNBA record? If I'm well, uh, no, she's the third player at the age of 40 or older to record a 30 plus game in the WNBA. No, is, I think it's in all of basketball because it says in Dirk Nowitzki and Michael Jordan. I, she's up there for me. 
she's up there for me. She has good longevity. Yeah. Hell of a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Muff? Yeah, so Diatarazzi, one of the one of the original uh Gino Oriana stars, like coming from Connecticut, like mm-hmm. part of those first teams, those first dynasties. Um, and that's what I remember her for. And then when she got to the NBA, it was like a seamless transition where she just continued to play at a high level, continues to play at a high level uh, at 40 plus years old, um, which and she's one of those people that travels. Right. She goes overseas and plays professionally outside of that. So um, I think just for the longevity and the still being at the top of the game, um, yeah, I think she's as far as basketball players, if we're looking at this, she's like top. 15 to 20 for me like all basketball players like men women yeah okay that's fair Brittany Griner another WNBA star Brittany Griner is coming back to the U.S. after a hostage exchange which included Griner and U.S. spy for the merchant of death Victor Bout who was the inspiration for the title character in the Nicolas Cage movie Lord of War is this how we thought it would end Muff no I did. I didn't. I didn't think we were going to get an exchange. Um, I thought we were going to. This was going to ride out. Uh, I don't know what pressures or options were put out there. I am glad that Brittany Griner was coming back to the United States. Um, I'm not going to get into the questioning how, uh, but um, yeah. So this is a good outcome for Brittany Griner and her family. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Jim. We traded a Brittany Griner and a U.S. spy for the Merchant of Death, and probably a player to be named later. But <laughs> the third round pick. <laughs> I, I, that's enough said. Like, I don't. I, I'm glad she's back. I obviously I wanted the free Britney movement, but <laughs> the Merchant of Death. Are you talking about the same Free Britney movement? I was just about to say, I was like, I think Free Britney is... It was the Britney Spears. More of a connotation of Britney Spears, but we knew what you were talking about. Come on. Anyway. And... All right. Fighting. The scheduled August 6th boxing pay-per-view card headlined by Jake Paul and Haseem Rahman Jr. has been canceled due to a weight issue with Rahman. Since signing the fight back on July 7th from... Wade Ramon weighed 217. He was set to fight at 200. Two weeks later, Rom had lost less than a pound and was asking to fight on August 6th at 215. It would not agree to 205. Jim, what a bullshit move! Like, I'm not a fan of the Paul brothers, but this jabron <laughs> agrees to fight at 200. Mind you, he had a month to lose 15 pounds. That's a bit of a stretch, but he agrees. He signs the paper and says, I can do it. Does not even try. And then tries to force Jake Paul to fight at 215. And he thought he was going to get away with that. And I get that, like, well, he's trying to make money. If this is a money graph for Jake Paul, let's see what he can do. Like, I was a sparring partner for Jake Paul. He had no problem kicking my ass at 2.30. Let's see, what, like, why does he care at 2.15? Let's make some money. Good for Jake Paul for saying, no, you bastard. Either you cut the weight or you're not getting the dough. And this guy should never be allowed to, to 
Sniff Jake Paul's jock strap. Muff. Uh, just as we talked about with people signing deals in college football, uh, if they commit, then you commit. And if you can't back it up, then you should be cut. Yeah, he, he didn't even try. I mean, losing 15 pounds, I get it. That's tough. But, like, if he'd have lost 10, I'd have been like, he probably tried and just didn't get there. Right. But he would have been at, like, 207 and then 205. It's like, okay. He, he pooped that out that morning. That's why he lost a pound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He stood on a different scale. All right. Amanda Nunez, on the other hand, gets revenge and her belt back when she beats Juliana Pena at UFC 277 by unanimous decision. A new southpaw stance in wrestling won her this fight. Nunez, 15 UFC wins, is the most among women in promotion history. This was her 10th title fight, the most among women in UFC history, and the fifth best overall. Nunez is the first woman in UFC to regain the bantamweight title after losing it. Muff? I didn't watch this fight. Uh, I happened to be scrolling right before it started, and ESPN did the whole fake out where they like let you watch all of the entrances. And then it was like, oh, you can pay for this to watch on ESPN Plus and pay-per-view. And I was like, uh, not going to do that at 1230 on right. a Saturday night. So uh, I didn't get to watch it, but I did see the outcome. Uh, Amanda Nunes did look better coming into the ring. Um, they talked about her conditioning. They talked about everything. And it, I mean, it was it, all accounts were saying this was a good version of Pena as well. Um, so Nunes truly won this belt back and was not caught in a situation where she was fighting somebody who had got complacent yet. I, uh, I love both these fighters. I think Amanda Nunez is probably a hall of famer. Um, I think the fact that she left American top team and started her own, her own gym and went on her own probably helped her tremendously switching stances, probably floored Penna. Uh, probably confused the shit out of her. Um, I want to see him run it back for a third one. I'd probably buy that third fight. I haven't bought a UFC fight in years. I would probably buy that fight. Especially if they put Pat, Patty the Batty. Is that his? Patty the Batty. I'd probably, if they put both those on, like Dana, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, although we did say UFC a bunch, so you might come after us. Put, put insert, those two on the same card. Insert UFC clip, UFC clip here. Yeah, maybe maybe that'll catch his attention. Put those two on the same fight card, and you got my money. That's fair. In another fight topic, our guy Derek loses Lewis loses at UFC 277 in controversial fashion in what many see as an early stoppage. Sergey Pavel Pavlovich came out hot right away and landed several huge blows right to Lewis's head before backing the all-time KO leader into a corner in the octagon. Suddenly, after landing a few more shots to his head, Pavlovich sent Lewis down to the ground face first. That prompted referee Dan Miragliotta Miragliotta. to end the fight. Write that in there. Jim? To be fair to Dan, I understand the reason for stepping in and stopping the fight per se. Our boy was down, face down on the mat for a split second. It was a judgment call. But 
Derek popped right up and he wasn't out cold. It was an early stoppage. Like, I I don't think Derek lost that fight. That's my opinion. Uh, if I don't know, I mean, it's this is always like a big thing, and I didn't, I have not heard anything Dana White saying about this. He typically comes out pretty pretty strong against referees with early stoppages. So the fact that I haven't seen it doesn't mean it hasn't happened. I just haven't seen or heard it yet. Um, but you know, if somebody's face down on the mat, that's that's tough. It's a tough look not to stop it. Um, but again, I haven't seen any of this because you know you can't catch any of these clips anywhere unless you see them real quick before they get taken down. Um, but you know, sad to see our guy Derek Lewis lose. Um, hopefully it's he's able to rebound. Time. I'm trying to find you a clip. I'll find you a clip. Whoa, whoa, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to get in trouble. Actually, I do because I want him to put my fight card on. Here, I got you. I'll send it to you now. But go we, ahead. We got this because we paid for it, Dana. No, we didn't. So listen to the podcast, Dana, so that we can get our the fight card we want on. All right. Baseball, Jim's favorite. Yeah. I picked this top. I put this topic in here. Chicago White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson has been suspended three games after he made contact with umpire Nick Marley during a game against the Oakland A's on Friday night. Anderson's helmet hit Marley's cap during the incident. Manager Tony LaRusso was ejected from the game, too. Muff? Is it? Jim, whoever. Muff, did you see this? No. I mean, it, I get I it. I saw it last night. I get it. If I had to guess, the umpire also led into this confrontation as well. No. And, oh, okay. Well, that's usually how this goes. I will say that the ump did what the umps do. Like, he threw him out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was some shit talking because I didn't get to hear the audio. But... I agree with the suspension this time. Huh. The player got in the guy's face, made contact. His helmet banged into the ump's hat. He had no business getting that close. It was an act of intimidation. You were trying to intimidate that umpire. There was no need for it. You could say what you needed to say. You could kick the dirt. You can go ape shit. But that move, that like coming up with the head bullshit, that was not there was you were already ejected. What what were, what was your point there? You were trying to get you were trying to intimidate, and that you got your three games. Now, if they reduce it down to a game, I, that's understandable. But there was no need for that shit. All right, what, what Jim said. In our wrapped up wrapping up topic in golf, Bubba Watson signs with Live Golf. Muff. Uh yeah, we're gonna see more of this. We're gonna continue to see this as the PGA regular season. Or I'm sorry, as the PGA season wraps up. So they're getting into the playoffs. So from so today, Tony Finau won his second tournament in a row, uh, winning the Rocket Mortgage Classic, um, shooting uh, he won by like three or four strokes. Um, <clears throat> but every week. From here on out, there's less and less players that continue on in the PGA Tour playoffs. Uh, so I think as more players are eliminated, we're going to see more announced that they're going to live golf because now that the season's over, uh, the PGA Tour season's over, they there's no more tournament options for them until next season. So, you know, you're looking in like December, January. So this is the time when you're going to see people start jumping ship. So can they come back? Uh, not right now. No, so like they're the PGA season's over. They go golf on the live tour. 
Can so, they come back? I, I, the live at this point is locking them in, I believe. So that's part of what is unknown about live golf is what ability do they have to play in PGA Tour events after this year? And what gotcha. options is the PGA Tour going to provide? So the PGA Tour is going to be is almost assuredly going to be less flexible than live. Um, but I don't know once live, if they pick up any momentum, if they're going to want their players going back to the PGA tour. Gotcha. I don't know. Gotcha. It's, it's a question to be determined later. All right. That was quick thoughts. Oh, mighty Muffneck. We call upon thee to answer the questions that we've always wanted asked about, uh, whatever division we're working on the NFC North. Oh, mighty Muffneck. Are you there, Mighty Muffneck? Yes, out of my slumber. Talk about NFC North football. Oh, Mighty Muffneck. Will Jared Goff bring good fortune to the Lions? The Lions and Jared Goff will have a hate-hate relationship. Jared Goff will throw more interceptions than Nathan Peterman could in a quarter of football. Wow. Okay. Mighty Muffneck, while we're on the Lions, will Alex lose a lot of money betting on the Lions? Alex is hitching his wagon to a losing pony in this one. Alex, don't bet the Lions. Do not seek the Lions. Plus points, money line, or overs. I don't bet know. Li- bet Lions under all season. Wacky Muffnacky. I don't know, man. <laughs> Muffnack, will Dalvin Cook have yet another amazing fantasy football year? Dalvin Cook will be good for the first six weeks of the season and then suffer an injury. Ooh. Ooh, bring in the darkness, Muffnack. All on? right. Well, Alex did talk about. Mackie Muffnacky. <laughs> Almighty Muffnack, will Justin Fields throw more interceptions or be sacked more? Unfortunately, Justin Fields will be find himself in the field more than he will find his balls in the other team's hands. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Almighty Muffnack. He is from the Ohio State <laughs> University. Almighty Muffnack, you asshole. Will Aaron <laughs> Rodgers Will Aaron Rodgers be MVP yet again? Aaron Rodgers, his new tattoo without a girlfriend will not be the MVP of the NFL. Will he win a Super Bowl? Not in our lifetime. Well, thank you, Almighty Muffnack. Yes. Bring forth the muff. I can't believe you missed it every time. You know, Muffnack's around. I can't be there. He's just, he's too wacky, Alex. Wacky Muffnacky. So he's just, what do you say this time? Who's whack today? I don't know if I agree with him today. Well, at least on the the Lions takes.
Jim's shaking his head. What 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 Muff do to you, Jim? He's pissing your Cheerios today. Balls and hands, man. Let's just let's end the show on that. Uh, Muffnack never ceases to amaze me. All right. Uh, again, this is Sports Stuff with Jim and Muff. Today is Monday, August 1st, and we are in the month of August, which means football is upon us. NCAA football returns. NFL preseason kicks off this Thursday with the Raiders taking on the Jaguars. Listen in. Thanks again to our guest from Mount Massive today, Kyle Litz. Appreciate it, Kyle. Um, he's going to help promote this episode because the only way for us to continue to take off with a helicopter with its tail rotor up, up up and away into the atmosphere into the sky is if you all tell a friend make a friend be a friend Show you how.